You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. talented host of the program with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. The show, as always, brought to you by Peterbrook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hill section of Tuscaloosa. We've told you about those treats. You got a big football weekend right here. It's happening. SEC football cranking up this weekend. Of course, the National Football League continuing on. You need those outstanding Outstanding snacks and treats from Peterbrook Chocolatier, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Joined, as always, on the program by the executive producer of the show, Mr. Joe Gaither, who together we combine to form the 60-minute man of Sports Talk Radio. Joe Gaither, try to guess where I am this morning. Can you guess? On the road with the Ryers. You want to take a guess? You want to take a stab? Road Joe trip Gaither. with the Ryers. Um, let's the Grizz Ryers. <laughs> I'm going to guess. Um, I mean, you're past. See, I'm not good with cities outside of major cities now. But 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 you talked about the Memphis barbecue yesterday. Mm-hmm. So you had to have some of that for dinner. And I think I saw you with some gas station sushi on, uh, on the Twitter. <laughs> uh, so let's say you're out of Tennessee by now. Uh, and you are into Missouri. Uh, you're correct. We are into Missouri now. We are actually in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, about 100 miles from St. Louis at this point, kind of in between Memphis and when you make your way up I-55 towards St. Louis. Uh, we are in Cape Girardeau, home of the Red Hawks of Southeastern Missouri University. And if you saw the tweet just moments ago, on the personal Twitter account, at Travis Ryer, uh, the picture that you see in that tweet, that's the football home of the SEMO Redhawks right there for you. How about that? Yeah. I don't know what it's like in Tuscaloosa. I can tell you this. It's humid up this way, Joe Gaither, and it is gloomy, you know, pretty gloomy, a little bit of misting rain and not very pretty to look at right now. I don't know. What, what do we got in Tuscaloosa there? What's it looking like for – uh, prep football tonight, importantly, there in the West Central Alabama. We're looking uh, like a drizzly night uh, ahead of us. It's been it's been kind of off and on raining for the last maybe 30, 35 hours, and uh, it's a light drizzle outside right now. Maybe it'll dissipate, but if not, that'll be all right. Yeah, we drove through some of that last night. You know, cutting up through Walker County, and you're right, we did have the uh, we did have the gas station sushi there in Jasper. I'd heard a lot about it, you know. And I'm going to tell you, real deal, bro, get that dancing dragon roll if you make your way up to, uh, I think it's Bayou Seafood is the official name of the restaurant there, but it's essentially uh, partnering uh, with a gas station right there off Old 78 there in Jasper. And it wasn't just the sushi either. Let me tell you something. If you like fried shrimp, we got this combo plate, the chocolate lady and I, and they have grouper. They have fresh seafood right there in a in a uh, sort of showcase piece there, a refrigerated uh, uh, area there at the front of the, the shop. And uh, we got some grilled grouper with some fried shrimp and the hush puppies, right? Oh, hush puppies were out of this world. Walker County hush puppies and Walker County cornbread 
you're not going to go wrong with either of those. I can promise you. So it was good stuff. And uh, got into Memphis last night, stayed the night in Memphis, and uh, here we are, headed up I-55, making our way to St. Louis. And by the way, the chocolate lady, Joe Gaither, may have made a mistake in allowing me to make tonight's reservation for the lodging because I did a little research, you know, a little Major League Baseball research, and it turns out that the St. Louis Cardinals have a doubleheader today at home. Um, it's it's technically a road series, I guess because of the corona earlier, the COVID-19 situation. Remember the Cardinals had to miss all those games, postpone all those games earlier in the 60-game schedule? Well, they're literally making up, it looks like anyway, two games that they weren't able to play in Milwaukee they're going to play them today in St. Louis, and Milwaukee will be the home team. At least that's the way it read to me. They're just trying to get these games in. And they kind of have to because you got this playoff race going on there with the extended playoff picture in Major League Baseball. And so um, there's a Hilton in downtown St. Louis. And uh, if you stay high enough in the hotel, you've got a wide-open look right into the ballpark. No way. Yeah. Yeah. So a double header this afternoon from the uh, from the Hilton in down <laughs> in downtown St. Louis. You know the chocolate lady. She's just she's just thrilled with that. You know she is. Hey, two zero five three four two nine nine zero four is the Peterbrook Chocolate Your Studio Line. If you'd like to jump on board with us on this Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports, you're more than welcome to do so. We're going to check in. Speaking of on the road. We're going to check in with Charlie Potter, my colleague there at BamaOnline.com, coming up in just a few moments. It is my understanding that Charlie, too, is en route to Columbia, Missouri. So we'll uh, we'll do our best to effort Charlie and hook up with him from, I don't know, maybe he's on 22, headed into Memphis. Maybe he's made it to 55 at this point. But we'll talk some Alabama football with Charlie Pot- Potter coming up in about, oh, 10 minutes or so. And then, of course, on Fridays, we check in with Pops to sort of wrap the week, wrap the program. I don't know what type of response we'll get from Pops today. You know, Pops can't be very happy. I know I'm not happy after that performance by the Jacksonville Jaguars last night. Oof. How about that? How about that for a miserable, miserable performance against the Miami Dolphins? You know, if Ryan Fitzpatrick could just play against the Jacksonville Jaguars show Gaither, he'd be a first ballot Hall of Famer, wouldn't he? Six wins now over the Jacksonville Jaguars, all with different teams. And look, some of these teams that he's quarterback to wins over the Jags, they haven't exactly been the uh, the uh, the 49ers of the 90s, you know, or the Steelers of the 70s. I mean, we're talking about the Bills when the Bills have been pretty bad. The Jets, which seem to have been eternally bad at this point. Uh, pretty much all of the AFC East, other than the New England Patriots, Ryan Fitzpatrick is now quarterback to a win over our Jacksonville Jaguars. You may have seen it last night, too. Cam Robinson, the former Alabama All-American, ejected from the football game last night. Now, look, it looked pretty, pretty weak. Yeah. What did you think of that, Joe? Did you see that? Weak, weak, weak call. It was. It was. You know, and I spoke with someone that works with the Jags after the game about it, and you know, that was the response from them, too, was that, you know, referees have become so sensitive to stuff like that. You know, and you've got a referee. I understand the referee's sort of doing his job. He's getting down in the pile, you know, and trying to help unsort and do those things. But if you get down in that mix with a bunch of 300-pound, angry, grown men, guess what? You might get nipped at a little bit. That's all that was. That was a nip, okay? That wasn't a shove, our physical force of any kind from Cam Robinson. Yeah, I agree. Pretty weak stuff there with Cam Robinson getting the heave-ho last night from that Jags and Dolphins game. We're going to get into some calls. We'll make some calls on this Alabama-Missouri game, too. Five predictions. You may have seen that yesterday at BamaOnline.com. I had that up for you yesterday afternoon on the website Five predictions for Alabama-Missouri. We'll go through some of those as we move throughout the program. Just, We're just happy to be here, man. We're happy to be in Cape Girardeau, Missouri this morning. Hometown of Rush Limbaugh, by the way. 
in case you were wondering. That's not a political statement, by the way, of any kind. I'm not making any type of political statement in stating that fact. I'm just telling you. Now, that's kind of the that's the uh, the, the, the the proud son of uh, Cape Girardeau, Missouri. 205-342-9904. Let's head to the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line right now where we have our friend JR waiting on us. JR, how you doing this morning? I'm doing good, Travis. Thank you. Good to hear um, from you. Go ahead. What did you say? I said it was good. It's good to hear from you. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, you, you're in route, huh? In route. Yes. Yes. You know, we're on the banks of the Mississippi River. I didn't know that about Cape Girardeau. The Mississippi actually runs through Cape Girardeau as well. So already in the last about 12 hours, we've crossed the Mississippi twice. We crossed it going from <laughs> Memphis, Tennessee into West Memphis, Arkansas. And then somehow we crossed it again. Well, we did it by accident, really. We went too far and ended up in Illinois. But uh, you know, that's kind of another story for another day. <laughs> I've been through that route. It's really yeah. nice up that way. Yeah, it's it's uh it's nice enough. Nice little uh nice little berg here in Cape Girardeau. Right. Yeah, I I went into uh, Missouri and then crossed over into Illinois on purpose because we were headed to Chicago, <laughs> but we were taking we were taking it a little tourist route, going around checking things out. That just happened to be the, the way we picked. You know, look, take your time, enjoy the ride. That's all we're doing. Like I said yesterday, we've kind of become everybody's grandparents now with this traveling, with the empty nest, you know, the chocolate lady and I. We're we're kind of America's Meemaw and Pawpaw at this point, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll just, um, you know, here's this Alabama week and tomorrow game day. My goodness. It, it doesn't seem quite right, does it? <laughs> We won't wait this long and <clears throat> just doesn't feel the same, but I'm sure that'll change once we get into the gear, you know, get into into the game. Yeah, I think, I think starting at eleven AM tomorrow, it'll start to feel a lot more like it. You know, I believe you're right. Yeah. You'll be a able question to see it on, with your own eyes on my mind and I've talked a little bit about it with uh Wimp this morning and I wanted to get your two cents on worth on it. And that is <clears throat> With the uh, delays that all these uh, conferences are having getting started, how's that? I mean, how do you feel like if we're going to have a championship? Is it going to delay the championship games? You know, the, the playoffs or what? You know, I, the way it's scheduled right now, it shouldn't because I believe the selection Sunday for the college football playoff is set for December the twentieth. So that's the day after most of the Power Fives are scheduled, at least, to play their conference championship games. You got one of them, might be the ACC, one of the, or the Big Twelve. One of those two is scheduled right now for December twelfth. Um, just about everybody else is set for December the nineteenth. Now, you know, if you have to move some things around and push back, perhaps even more, I think you can be flexible with that CFP selection date. Uh, but it's, everything's tentative right now, as we know, I mean, yeah, we're, 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 we're just trying to get this thing off the ground right now. And then, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll see it, uh, be able to take full flight and, and reach its destination in, in time. Well, would there be any time that they, they may make the announcement permanent when, when they're going to do this, or you think that it'll, I literally think it's going to be week to week. I really do. Now, you know, I like the chances of the three that are already are starting tomorrow, Jr. going to be in in progress in terms of their seasons. And, of course, we're talking about the Big 12, the ACC, and the SEC. I think they've given themselves enough time over, you know, a couple of three months to be able to pull this thing off at least in some form or fashion in which they, they, they desire to do so. You know, as we've talked about in the last week with you, it, it, it's just going to be, it's going to be really tough for the Big Ten. And, and again, I, I think in terms of, you know, in some ways, I think their testing protocol is going to help them with the everyday testing. But then if they stick to the quarantine aspect of that, when they do have positive tests, if they do have them, which you're talking about a 21-day 
quarantine, if they have outbreaks of any kind, going to be tough to get all that in without any bye weeks, right? Yeah, it will. Well, um, I appreciate you uh, giving me a little input on your, your opinion. and that's, uh, that's what I was interested in. It's just really puzzled me. and um, It does seem to me like the, some of these teams, I don't see how they can finish up their uh, season because, I don't know, some of them it must be going to play seven games or something. Yeah, well, that's what the Pac-12 is looking at doing, right? Seven right. plus a conference championship game. And, you know, if we're being honest about the Pac-12, and I know I heard from one of the Pac-12 presidents yesterday that this isn't about money at all. That's never been discussed. Well, if it wasn't about money, you wouldn't be attempting to play a seven-game season, right? Because yeah. a seven-game season is not even close to a legitimate type of run through what you typically would do. I mean, it's essentially half of a 12 game season. So of course it's about money. Of course it's about meeting content requirements for providers and, you know, trying to salvage as much of the tens of millions of dollars that, that these universities are bleeding at this point, these athletic departments are bleeding. There's no doubt about that. All right. I appreciate that, Travis. I took up enough of your time, but you, you, conquered my curiosity well we appreciate the call jr have a great football weekend my man we'll talk to you next week there he goes jr checking in with us on a friday morning you also heard some interesting basketball news this morning didn't you with the sec establishing those start dates for men's and women's hoops you're gonna have the men's teams cranking things up on an 18 game conference schedule on December the 29th and December the 30th, the women will get it going on December the 31st. So you can start to envision some hoops in the future. And we certainly know there's a lot of excitement, a lot of buzz about this Alabama men's basketball team in year two under Nate Oates. Um, this last recruiting class, of course, Josh Primo and the rest of these guys. Uh, that that staff was able to bring in here, even to the latter stages of the process leading up to the fall semester. And the returnees with Herb Jones, John Petty. A lot of excitement and uh, looking forward to that as well. When we come back, we're going to check in with Charlie Potter of the BamaOnline.com staff en route to Columbia, Missouri. Charlie Potter, we'll talk with him about this matchup tomorrow. In Columbia, Missouri, 6 o'clock kickoff. Again, the varsity broadcast crew for ESPN ABC. Sean McDonough, Todd Blackledge, Mike Side from Farrell Field, 6 o'clock Saturday evening. We'll talk with Charlie when Southern Fried Sports returns on a Friday right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama sports, and it's brought to you by Everwood Treatment Company, the official treated lumber of Alabama athletics. Everwood, wood treated right. Hello, everybody. I'm Chris Stewart filling in for Roger Hoover. Nick Saban's 14th season as head coach at Alabama gets underway this weekend. The second-ranked Crimson Tide travels to Columbia for Saturday's season opener with the Tigers. It'll be the debut for Eli Drinkwitz as the Tigers' head coach. Kickoff time is set for 6 p.m. Central. ESPN will televise the matchup. We'll have all the radio coverage here on the Crimson Tide Sports Network beginning at 3. Alabama enters the 2020 campaign, having won a league-leading 27 SEC championships in program history, including four of the last six conference titles. Tide holds a 4-2 all-time advantage in the series with Missouri, having last met the Tigers in Tuscaloosa in 2018. Bama a winner on that date, 39-10. I'll have more in a moment. Everwood Treatment Company is wood treated right. Everwood is the most technologically advanced pressure treated wood available. That means no rotting, no decay, no problems. Just wood treated right. Everwood is your treated wood source and the official pressure treated lumber of the Alabama Crimson Tide. If you're looking to add or replace decks, outdoor structures, or commercial jobs, choose Everwood for wood treated right. If you need it, we'll get it to you. To locate your local Everwood store, visit everwoodtreatment.com. Everwood Treatment, official lumber of the Alabama Crimson Tide. Roger Hoover will kick off our broadcast day on Saturday afternoon, again beginning at 3 o'clock before Eli Gold, John Parker Wilson, Rashad Johnson, and I take over from the stadium 
later that evening. 6 o'clock Central, the kickoff time for Alabama and Missouri on Saturday from Columbia to finally begin the 2020 campaign. That's your BAM update. Crimson Tide today, brought to you by Everwood Treatment Company, is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports. The sky partially sunny this afternoon with only a small chance of a shower through the evening hours. Most locations will be dry. The high today, 78. Tonight's low, 65. A warm day tomorrow to start the weekend. The sky partly to mostly sunny. The high, 86. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama Football. Visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. The Crimson Tide will not be denied. Down here changes that's the way it goes sometimes it snows when everything's wrong sometimes it snows but when it does it doesn't last long down here where we're at all we do is sit out Back with more of a Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryder, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. It's that time on Fridays when we like to check in with my partner there at BamaOnline.com. Charlie Potter does an outstanding job covering the Crimson Side for the Alabama affiliate of the 247sports.com network. Charlie, where you at, my man? I know you're en route to Columbia, Missouri. Can you give us a, uh, a location as of this very moment? Yeah, uh, I'm in Tennessee, and I've uh, been on the road for a little bit. and It's good. I mean, I, I didn't know if I would actually be doing this uh, this weekend or at all uh, this fall, so to to be making a, a road trip up to a an SEC football game is, is good. Um, yeah, I, I enjoy getting on the road and going to these stadiums. Uh, I feel a little differently on Sundays whenever you're making this you know nine hour drive or so. But uh, nonetheless, I'm excited and slowly but surely make my way to Columbia. There you go. We're in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. The wife and I. So if you come through here and you want a cup of coffee, the baristas off and you. I can have a coffee break at some point here in the next couple of hours. But look forward to the great that you get at BamaOnline.com. Again, uh, Charlie, we talked about it on the Bama Online podcast. We talked about it just in conversation. Um, never in my 17 years of doing this with Bama Online, and I'm sure in your time of covering Alabama, and it's been extensive with us there, at BOL, uh, have we sort of encountered a season opener where there is so much intrigue and sort of talk about how you're going to try to process everything when you get into the press box tomorrow. What's sort of going to be the operating procedure for you? Is it going to be similar to you think what you've done in previous years or is it going to be heightened about 10 times or so? It's definitely going to be um, a lot more interesting, I think. I mean, we do like a pregame thread and pregame observations, kind of like a practice report um, that we do when, when we could go to practice uh, before every game. But, you know, like you said, this year is completely different because we haven't been able to go out to these practices. We haven't been able to, to see guys with our own eyes outside of the videos that Alabama sent out. So, um with it being on the road, I think it has even more intrigue because the, the travel roster size, you get to kind of see the makeup of this team and, um, you know, where guys are, are falling in the pecking order. I know we got the depth chart, but you know, this will show a little bit more. And, and just to see guys live and in person. Um, it, one of the big things that'll 
it'll tell us now. I don't think Alabama's really been hit by a lot of injuries or uh, a lot of COVID-19 cases. But, you know, if there is someone that you think that's out there missing, that'll shed some light on that situation. So, uh, now I've already made a list of kind of like the checklist of the things <laughs> to look for uh, because I'm, I'm trying not to forget anything because, like you said, we, there's just so much – um, you know that, that we need to check on and to to observe and uh, try and do my due diligence ahead of time to make sure I'm well prepared. The always prepared Charlie Potter. I can tell you that. Typically, we didn't get to do this this year because there wasn't media access to preseason practices. But whether it's spring practice, whether it's fall camp, that first day, you know who's always got a a roster handy for just about everybody on the Bama online beat. Uh, always, uh, pretty much everybody. That's Charlie Potter, so you know he's going to be ready tomorrow night. Now, you spoke of that uh, depth chart, Charlie, and I guess an emphasis on the defensive side of the ball when you talk about newcomers and really just guys that aren't that experienced in general. It's not just true freshmen. Uh, we're, we're going to see some guys that, frankly, we haven't seen a lot of on that side of the ball here. Uh, in recent years, but uh, we obviously like to talk about true freshmen and, you know, given how Missouri goes about its business offensively, uh, I got to think we're going to see some of these, some of these young guys, especially very early tomorrow night. Yeah, I think that uh, you just mentioned the depth and where there's not a lot of experience and and where true freshmen are popping up is the, the two places that we've really talked about all preseason long is, um, outside linebackers are getting after the quarterback and in the secondary and trying to stop the pass. And um, you know, if you look at that that depth chart when it came out, I know the buzz has been really at an all time high for a true freshman, especially on the defensive side of the ball with, with Will Anderson there at the Jack linebacker spot. And then, really, uh, I, I know they're the veterans of the group, but opposite of Will Anderson and Drew Sanders, you have you know, Christopher Allen and, and Ben Davis. I know Chris Allen stepped in for Terrell Lewis in the, the bowl game, but he and Ben Davis, um, you know, for a myriad of reasons, whether it's injuries or, um, you know, just waiting their turn, have, have had to kind of wait in the wings a little bit. So they're given a, a bigger opportunity, and we'll see how they play as well. And then in the secondary, um, you know, some of these guys were able to play last year, but other than Patrick Sertan at corner, um, you know, guys like Josh Joe, Jordan Battle, and, and Daniel Wright are going to be asked to, to take on a much larger role. And then Going back to those true freshmen, uh, Malachi Moore and Brian Branch were listed as co-starters at the star position. That's a big one for Alabama because it's in its nickel package more often than not. And, uh, you know, it looks like Malachi will be a, a guy that um, goes from someone that was expected to enroll early, had to wait till the summer, and now can find himself a, a starting role in defense. So I'll be interested to see just how much those young guys play and, and uh, you know, what they look like because, you know, they are facing a, a team that just – there's a lot of unknowns about because you have a couple of quarterbacks that can play and uh, you have a new head coach that's going to be working in a new system. So they'll be tested pretty early. You touched on some of these guys just because we haven't seen as much of them, especially at a position like outside linebacker, because you've had Anthony Jennings. that was just such a, a, you know, consistent presence there for a handful of years, really the entirety of his Alabama career, you could say, as a fifth-year guy, especially a year ago. But give me a late bloomer for this team, in your opinion, offense, defense, even in the kicking game that, you know, that we haven't talked about a lot the last couple of years. Could be a third-year junior, could be a fifth-year senior on this football team. Who's a guy that you think has a chance to sort of down the stretch here finally make a, a contribution of significance maybe daniel wright fits into that G- give us a guy charlie yeah when you said that that was the first person that came to mind is daniel wright because he does have that best starting role uh right now at the, the free safety position and uh you know they have some, some options at safety i think jordan battle is going to be a big piece of that defense i think a young guy another sophomore and demarco hellum is going to play a lot you know, we just mentioned Malachi Moore and Brian Branch. Those guys are safeties. They've kind of found roles uh, closer to the line of scrimmage. But I think Daniel Rice is the guy that's, that's waited his turn. We've seen him uh, in some situations. I know he played uh, last season when Jared Bates missed the game with injury. He played uh, quite a bit in that game. But um, he's really going to have an opportunity here in this opener, and we'll see if he can take advantage of it. It sounds like he's been doing a nice job of, of helping lead that secondary and improve his communication skills and 
And he's a guy that, you know, you see a lot of videos of him uh, in the weight room. So he really, you know, takes that part of the game seriously. And then you, know, you can't help but think of a guy like Ben Davis just because we've all been waiting for him to, to kind of make his move and make his mark on the field. And that hasn't really happened. Uh, you know, last year he was able to kind of carve out a role on special teams. He came in, uh, you know, late in games as a pass rusher. Maybe saw his, uh, his reps tick up a little bit toward the end of the year, whether that was because of injuries or, again, with Terrell Lewis not playing in the, the bowl game. But you know, now he's listed as a, a co-starter at the Sam linebacker position and as a, a redshirt senior and a former five-star recruit. I think you know now we could you know, see what Ben Davis is made out of. So those are the guys – you just talk about defense that come to mind, but and there's a lot of guys that are that are older players now. They're going to get a lot more opportunities. Maybe a guy like Emil Ekior on the offensive line, yeah, and uh, some guys like that. But but Daniel Ryan, Ben Davis come to mind immediately when you mentioned that. Yeah, Ekior was a guy I was going to mention. He is, I guess, just a third year guy, but around Alabama, around that program, that definitely qualifies you as a vet with all the the three and outs that we've seen. Uh, throughout the years under Nick Saban. I'm going to give you an over-under for Najee Harris rushing yards tomorrow night. You tell me. You're going to go over or under? I'm going to set it at 109.5 for Najee tomorrow night. You going over or under that? I would probably go over just because I think Najee's going to get about 20 carries. Um, I I think this offense is going to be a little bit more balanced. And, and they ran the ball plenty last year. I mean, Najee had 1,200 yards. And then you also add in uh, a guy like Trey Sanders being in the mix there at the running back position along with Brian Robinson. But I, I just think that Najee uh, is poised for another big year. And if he gets 20 carries and lives up to the, the hefty yards per carry average he has over the course of his career, uh, I would give him that. So I, I would go over them maybe slightly. But, you know, I think also you look at what he's done this offseason, working with guys. Uh, like Brad Lester, the former Auburn running back. He's really worked on that explosive ability and his speed. And we haven't seen Najee really break out a, a long run of more than 35 yards in his career. And uh, I think that it could be the year we can see him do that. And, you know, if, if that's the case, he can reel off a big chunk of this on a couple of runs. So I'm expecting big things from him. And behind that offensive line that returns so much, I think that Najee can have a big day Saturday. Mac Jones, it sounds as if, and checking out his latest media availability, sounds just supremely prepared for this opportunity as the starting quarterback at Alabama. With that being said, we've heard Nick Saban talk about how at times Mac will press a little bit, you know, get down on himself. So what is it exactly you'll be looking for from Mac Jones uh, in that spot when we get things going tomorrow night? Yeah, I mean, really – kind of what he showed uh, most of the year last year. I think everybody points to that Auburn game, and you know he had two costly mistakes. And one of them uh, you know, probably could have been prevented. Uh, but it's a situation where he was able to bounce back from those pick sixes and still play well. And I think he's improved in that area. You and I have talked a lot, and I, I like to mention it, just how he wasn't very emotional uh, whenever he first got to Alabama. And as someone with a, a tennis background that, that Nick Saban jokingly called him Johnny McEnroe, and you haven't heard that a lot lately. And so I, I think he's matured. Um, you know, that's something he's talked about this week, and I think that also shows with how much we've heard from Mac Jones this preseason. I mean, I, I never in, in Nick Saban's tenure here have we seen a guy who wasn't the full-time starter a year before at the quarterback position you know, speak this much with the media, whether it's Zoom calls with us, doing national radio interviews, he, he was on SEC Nation, so you can tell that the team is confident in him, not only on the field, but what he has to say whenever you know he's speaking to, to reporters and things like that. And, uh, the big thing that he talked about uh, last night on his radio show was just um, you know to not have Mac looking over his shoulder. Uh, I think you know he's a guy that came in with two Tonga by Lois. He's used to competition, but you know there's a lot of talk about Bryce Young, and a lot of that's coming from from us in the, in the press. But I think it's just. If Mac focuses on what he needs to do, he can get the job done, and, and that's what they've been preaching to him so far. You brought it up, Bryce Young. What's the scenario tomorrow night in which we see the true freshman? Well, um, I, I think a lot of people believe that Alabama's going to win this one pretty easily. So I, I think they're going to want to get Bryce some experience because of him having to miss all of spring practice just like everyone else. And then he wasn't able to – 
participate in that first scrimmage. I think they've seen the talent and the, the promise that he has at the position, uh, but nothing is like game experience. So um, I, I think as soon as you can get him in there, um, you know, I don't think it's going to be a situation where you, know, you see a two-quarterback system or anything like that. I think you know, Mac has a, a firm hold on the starting job right now, but um, you know, Bryce Young is talented, and they brought him in here for a reason, and I think kind of like what we saw with Tua when he was a freshman. Uh, we saw Tua in a lot of games played, and, and I think when he gets in the game, they're going to let him spin it, let him you know, do his thing and, and get those uh, reps that are so uh, precious at this time of year, so uh, if Alabama gets up late at, or uh, gets up in the game and, and has a comfortable lead, I, I think we'll see some of number nine and get to see him make his debut. Give us a score, Charlie, and we'll let you get back to the business at hand. Yeah, I've, I've went back and forth with this. I know the, the line's at about 27 or 28. It's <laughs> it shifted a little bit. But um, I think that Alabama uh, can, can hit that number pretty well. I, I've gone between you know 38 or 42 points, somewhere in that range. And uh, so I'll I'll land on 40 and give uh, Missouri 10. I think that you know, Alabama's the better team. Uh, I don't really know what to expect from Missouri offensively. Uh, you know they can't be much worse than they were at the end of last season. I think the defense is is uh, you know probably uh, undervalued, and that's why I don't see Alabama just putting up a huge huge number. Uh, but with what they have back on the offensive line and with Najee Harris and you have Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle. I think they're going to be able to, to score when they want to, and I think they're going to try to control the game late. So I'll go 40-10 and get Alabama off to one and start. There you go. Hey, Charlie, safe travels to you guys. Always appreciate it. Always look forward to talking to you on Fridays. And, again, great, great coverage coming your way with Charlie Potter and BamaOnline.com throughout the weekend. Thanks, Charlie. No problem, man. Thanks for having me. There he goes, Charlie Potter, in or out to columbia missouri as we speak gonna take a quick break here we come back more southern fried sports on a friday presented by peter brook chocolates here on side 100.9 fm right after this you're listening to southern fried sports with BamaOnline.com senior analyst travis ryer on your home for alabama sports tide 100.9 and streaming on the tide 100.9 app right here on your home for the University of Alabama Athletics Tide 100.9 FM. And en route to Columbia, Missouri, Travis Schreier with you on this Friday morning. Reminder, by the way, the show brought to you in part by Houston Hydrostein. Your carpet, your rugs, your upholstery, your tile and grout cleaning. You can get all that done right now. Simple call 205-553-9460. That's going to put you in touch with Jackie and the great, great folks there. At Houston Hydrasteam, home of the Houston Rug Revival. Never a better time, right? To really deep clean your home, maybe your your office, your place of work. You should do it right now. You're going to extend the life of those rugs and carpets and upholstery at the same time. When you call Houston Hydrasteam at 205-553-9400. Six zero. Thanks again to Charlie Potter for joining us here on the program. Charlie, as well, en route to Columbia, Missouri. We talked about making some predictions for this game, this Alabama-Missouri game tomorrow night. I'll give you one. The Alabama defense is going to open the game in its nickel package. And I say that because Aliyah Drinkwitz, the new head coach, offensive guru of note, Aliyah Drinkwitz, some of his formative years, by the way, under Gus Malzahn there at Alvin. Drinkwitz likes that three wide receiver set. And with that, you're going to have Alabama and the five defensive backs. And that's interesting because that likely means you're going to have at least one true freshman on the field. The expectation being that that will likely be Malachi Moore. Even Brian Branch, another true freshman, and that makes it star. And you could have two. You know, if Will Anderson is your early down outside linebacker of choice in the nickel package, He could very well be out there as well. So look for Alabama defensively to open the game in the nickel. No big surprise there in today's football. So much nickel in play around the sport in general, regardless of the level 
you're seeing five defensive backs on the field pretty much 70 to 80 percent of the time. I think that'll be the case for Alabama from the outset tomorrow night. Matt Jones going to take a deep shot early. Talk about the Alabama offense. Uh, I say that in part because, you know, the over under I threw at Charlie. Look, Najee may go off and he may go off from the very get go of the football game. But I have some respect for that Missouri front seven, Nick Bolton. Devin Nicholson, the two inside linebackers we've told you about. Kobe Whiteside is a second-team All-SEC selection in the preseason at the defensive tackle spot. I don't think it's just going to be a lineup in FCS, these guys. You know, I, I think there will be some resistance at least early on. And I think when you talk about a Missouri pass rush that really struggled a year ago and you're breaking in a true freshman corner, like the Tigers are in Enos Rakestraw, guy that Alabama was involved with in the recruiting process just six or seven months ago, eight months ago. I think you're going to see Mac take a shot early, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell. Maybe it's John Mechie, similar to what you saw from Alabama in the Citrus Bowl last time out against Michigan. I think Missouri will rush for more than 100 yards in the game. You know, that used to sound like a lot against an Alabama defense last year. It really wasn't much of a problem for opponents, especially down the stretch. I do think Alabama's run defense will be improved. A healthy DJ Dale, a healthy Dylan Moses, a healthy LeBron Ray. That's going to help. But I also, again, it's respect for the opponent. You know, Larry Roundtree, the third, Tyler Beatty, we've talked about him throughout the week, solid backs. I like Najee Harris to get no fewer than 20 touches for Alabama between carrying it, between catching it. I think that's a pretty safe number. What'll be interesting is once you get to Brian Robinson, is there a third back that's truly in play? Not in mop-up time, but a rotational third back. And typically it's hard to get a third back much in the way of carries anyway. And it's rare that you have guys like Josh Jacobs, Damian Harris, and Najee Harris together like Alabama's had. I mean, you had, at one point, you had Mark Ingram, Trent Richardson, and Eddie Lacy in 2010, for crying out loud. I don't think that's this Alabama team this Alabama offense, but we'll see. I like Alabama to win the game, by the way, 41-14. Missouri at one point led the series 2-0 after the 1975 game between the two. Alabama has since won four in a row. They've won those four in a row by a margin of 27 points per game. And so there you go. There's your 27-point spread for tomorrow night. We're going to step aside to our final break and we come back. It's time to catch up with Pops on a Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports presented by Peterbrook Chocolatier right after this. The sky partially sunny this afternoon with only a small chance of a shower through the evening hours. Most locations will be dry. The high today 78, tonight's low 65. A warm day tomorrow to start the weekend. The sky partly to mostly sunny, the high 86. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. We're doing a little Uncle Tupelo for you for the playlist theme this morning on Southern Fried Sports. Because we're headed to St. Louis next. And St. Louis is actually the scene where Uncle Tupelo did most of its early work. So uh, if you're familiar with Jeff Tweedy in the game, Jay Farrar, from back in the day, you probably already know that. But some Uncle Tupelo on this Friday morning edition of Southern Fried Sports. The show brought to you in part by... Chase's residential and commercial cleaning, 20 years of quality cleaning experience. That's what you're getting with Miss Yashika Barnes at 205-886-3616. Give her a call right now. The CEO and driving force of Chase's residential and commercial cleaning. Great, great personal friend of our family and does just an outstanding job. Dependability, thorough, and complete the best way to Describe Chase's residential and commercial cleaning, 205-886-3616. Speaking of thorough, we need some thorough analysis from Pops after that performance by his Jags last night. Pops, what in the world was that last night down on the banks of the St. John's River, for crying out loud? I wish I knew. I wish I knew what it was. <laughs> it, 
it's so disappointing, you know. Uh, I, I, I didn't, I wasn't surprised that we lost. I mean, I, I can handle that, but the way we lost, uh, with no defense, no pressure whatsoever, 37-year-old quarterback was just having fun with us, you know. 37-year-old Harvard quarterback running quarterback draws for touchdowns on you, Pops. Yeah, Harvard, I said. Ivy League uh, quarterback running quarterback draws against your NFL team. Yeah, for for on third down, you know, running and and making these things happen. Jags don't like to blitz, you know, defense, but then they don't have have a four-man pass rush, so that's a problem. No, you don't have no pressure at all. There's no pressure on the four-man rush. Uh, Josh Allen finally got a sack last night that, that Fitzpatrick ran into it. <laughs> you know, it wasn't because they went and got him. Uh, it, was, it was ridiculous. Pops, it could have been worse. Imagine what Tua would have done to that Jags defense. Yeah, Jags I know. were lucky I that know. they got Fitzpatrick instead of Tua. <laughs> Tua would have but, thrown for 700 yards last night against that defense. And I hate to talk like that about him or, or about the, about the Jags because I'm going to follow him. I, I, I still like them. I still want them to win, and, and but but it just kills me because they're better than than what we saw last night. And Miami mm-hmm. just just toyed with them, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just toyed mm-hmm. with them. And we yeah. it, then we, we we pick up a kicker and he can't kick an extra point. Yeah, go, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Josh. Uh, right, kicker's name. Yeah, out with the hip injury. Yeah, Josh Lambeau is out. Josh Lambeau. He might be the Jags' best player, Pops, Josh Lambeau. Yeah, yeah. You know? It was was bad. You know, it was bad. And I feel terrible for Marone. You know, I I know these guys are are doing – I got a bunch – I love that Robinson at running back. Yeah. And and I like all those young guys. And another thing, the Dolphins had two rookie line offensive linemen. Yeah. Two rookie yeah. offensive linemen. Took them, both they, in, took them both in the draft. One of them a local guy uh, yeah. from, from Rains High School right there. Yeah, exactly. And we can't even, we can't, and we can't get a sack. We can't put no pressure on them. Can't do nothing. And those rookie offensive linemen, I'm convinced, and I've said this since the draft, is why you're not seeing Tua right now. They want to make sure those guys are worth a damn before yeah. they run Tua out there behind yeah. them. You know, they're they're serving Ryan. They're serving a thirty-seven-year-old quarterback up yeah. to you. Yeah, yeah, you know? thirty-seven you, you years old, and he's having his way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> two, like you said, rookie offensive lineman. Hey, Pops, speaking was, of South Florida, I saw where your boy Bob Kraft was exonerated. George yeah, well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. We're never going to get that video you wanted, Pops. You them them one percenters, you know, they, 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 this is not, it's not a problem. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't oh, tell you God. this, but the China, uh, Threw the it out. Uh, they had to just yeah. throw it out. Exonerated. <laughs> Exonerated Bob Craig, exonerated. Yeah. New England Patriots owner, with that massage, uh, that massage scandal pops. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Crap mm-hmm. is it? You know, it, it runs in the in the. You know, that's the way society is now. I mean, uh, we're led by King Bonespurs, and he can do anything. Why can't Kraft be? Him and Kraft are buddies. You know, mm-hmm. so, what the hell? Speaking of your boys, you know where I'm at right now, Pops? Yeah, where? I'm in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, which is the hometown of your boy, Rush Limbaugh. How about that, Pops? Oh. You want me to get some pictures of his <laughs> of his childhood home for you or anything, Rush Limbaugh? Uh, your boy, Rush Limbaugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's such a, he, he's a, he, he's one of those that I'm talking about. You know, <laughs> he's, he's they're everywhere. Be careful, they're everywhere. Hey, Pops, uh, Gail Sayers passing yeah, away, terrible. and I know you were a huge fan. I was talking about this on the show the other day because I remember as a little kid, you really talking about Gail Sayers a lot. And, Gail Sayers uh, great. One of those guys that you really, really appreciated. A real, really just a, a great football player and a great man. He, and and, uh, and the piccolo thing, I can remember it like it's yesterday. Brian's song, yeah. Yeah, uh, it was so sad. So sad, but uh, Gail Sayers was was just a quality human being, 
and uh, there was a great football player. Kansas, you were a Bears fan when I was little. I oh, recall, yeah. You like you like that number fifty one in the middle of that Bears defense. You Singletary. Know. I mean, oh, Buckus. Uh, Dick Buckus. What are you Dick talking Buckus, about? Dick Buckus. Dick yeah. Buckus is the best football player of all time. Yeah. By far. Best football player of all time. Of all Dick time. Buckus? Wow. When 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 he came out of of uh, yeah. Illinois. <laughs> yeah. And I said, I said, I can't wait for him to play the Green Bay Packers because of uh, Jim Taylor. Their you didn't like Jim Taylor. Oh, he'd taunt the tacklers, and every every time he'd get tackled, he'd point at him and all that stuff. I, <laughs> I said, I want to see him with old Buckus levels his butt. Mm-hmm. He imported Buckus, but yeah, Buckus was incredible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you excited about the SEC football tomorrow? Your Florida Gators get us going at 11 a.m. Central yeah. against uh, your yeah, boy Lane Kiffin that. and the Ole Miss Rebels. What time? What time does Alabama play tomorrow? Six Central. They go on ESPN. Okay, that'll be a yeah. I guess Locklear and I will be there tomorrow, for right? you, pops. I guess we'll yeah. have it on TV. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to them. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's mm-hmm. great. You're not afraid of Lane Kiffin, though. You're usually afraid of teams as a Gator fan whenever the Gators play, but you, you're not afraid of Lane Kiffin. No, I'm, no, I'm not. I'm not saying that the Gators are going to win, but I'm not. Lane Kiffin doesn't. You know, mm-hmm. he. I don't. I don't have much respect for Lane Kiffin. Now, his, huh. now his father, I did. His father was mm-hmm. a great defensive uh, uh-huh. coach. Uh, yeah. Monty, that Tampa two, you know, that Tampa two yeah, coverage. Exactly. But uh, well, Lane doesn't do much for him. Pops, we're uh, we're off to St. Louis next, and uh, we got well, a Cardinals double. Nice, you know? We got a Cardinals double header this afternoon, and Locklear left me in charge of hotel uh, reservations. Yeah. And I I got us a room in the Hilton on the 19th floor. It looks right into the ballpark, Pops. No, you did Yes, Pops. Yes. <laughs> well, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll have an old number seven to you, Pops. From there you there go. That'll work. I appreciate it. All right, my man. Have a good <laughs> well, weekend. We'll talk Stay to you later. And be careful out there. All right. We'll see. Bye. There he goes, Pops. Pops, a little bit of everything for you today, wasn't he? Yeah, you just never know with Pops exactly what you're going to get. Hey, thanks to Pops. Thanks to Charlie Potter. Thanks to Joe Gaither and the gang doing a great job producing the program. Be sure to follow all the high school football action this evening right here on Tide 100.9 FM. The lunch whistle today, Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hill section of Tuscaloosa. You talk about your game day spread. If they have the roasted chicken wings, go ahead and get them. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Great, great stuff. Always there for you at Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Until 11 a.m. on Monday. Have a great football weekend, everybody. We'll get there eventually.